say thank you very much, Heather, for that kind introduction. I knew you were thinking how you should introduce me, and I'm glad that you chose the positive approach. <laughs> and it is a privilege for my wife, Sherry, and I to be back with you here at West Heights. Uh, this is a church that we have a long history with. Back in the day, back in the 1980s, when Sherry and I were both single and attending Emmanuel Bible College in Kitchener, we attended here at your church for a year. And then after I graduated, I started pastoring at the Rosebank BIC Church just outside of town in New Dundee. And so our relationship between Rosebank and West Heights continued during those years. And uh, interestingly enough, the Rosebank congregation uh, years ago in the 70s felt the Lord prompting them to start a new church in Kitchener. And the pastor at Rosebank at the time, his name was Pastor Ron Lofthouse, he and a group of people from Rosebank started meeting together here in Kitchener in what would become your congregation, the West Heights Community Church. And I have some sad news and yet some exciting news I wanted to mention this morning that your founding pastor, uh, Ron Lofthouse, he passed away this last Wednesday. And so the service and celebration of his life is going to be held this afternoon at the Port Colburn, be in Christ Church uh, in Port Colburn. And uh, there'll be... Numerous people from different BIC churches represented in that service because Ron had a heart for others. He served as a pastor in Western Canada, here in this area, down in the Niagara region, and had a heart for missions as well. And so he, had, he was a big part of taking the gospel and strengthening churches in Cuba as well. And he, even in his latter years, he would call me up. This has only been within the last year, called me up and said, Trevor, do you have any resources about the four spiritual laws in English and in Spanish? Because I'm meeting with some people who speak Spanish, and I would like to be able to have an English-Spanish copy to go through and explain to these people how to put their faith and trust in Jesus. And so there's a member of the church that I'm a part at in Wayne Fleet, who when they heard Ron had passed away, they said, now Ron is home free. And I like that. He's home free, but the interesting thing is he did not go home free alone. He spent his life encouraging other people to trust Jesus, to put their faith in him. This congregation is a part of the fruit of some of his labors as a follower of Jesus. And so as you think of Ron, as his, of his family, his wife Marjorie, and their children and extended family, please remember them in your prayers and uh, that God would give them encouragement and support as they are missing a beloved member of their family. Uh, some of the beautiful things of having an access to an online service and a live stream is that last Sunday, after Pastor Josh shared his message, I was able to tune in online and listen to the service and get a sense of some of the things that you were talking about last week. And so I heard Pastor Josh address a potential problem with eyesight. And he referred to you about the, the problem that can happen sometimes. We can develop a tunnel vision and it's as if you're driving through this long, narrow tunnel and you can't see anything really in your peripheral vision. You just see what's straight ahead and how that could be a risk for us in our walk with Jesus if we have this just kind of laser focus, but we don't see the big picture of what God is doing or what God wants to accomplish through our lives or through our church and how we need the Holy Spirit to help us uh, so that we can be witnesses for him right here where we are with what's in front of us, but also thinking how we can witness for him and share God's love more widely around the world. So last Sunday, Pastor Joss addressed our eyes, and today I want to address another part of our body, and that would be our hearts. 
And I brought along a stethoscope with me this morning that was loaned to me by Dr. Linda Lambert, who is a member of our church family in Waynefleet. And in, I'm going to use this in just a little bit uh, because today I want to take a look at the heart of the church. And when you want to take a look at the heart, it's a little harder than taking a look at the eyes. God has created our eyes with these little eyelids, and so if you want to take a look at an eye, you just open the lid, see what's happening inside. But if you want to see what's happening inside a heart, there's no heart lid. Imagine that. You open your heart lid. How's the heart today? It's looking good. Close it up again. We don't have that. And so if you want to take a look at your heart, you have to take a listen. We can't see it, but we can listen to it. Listen to the heartbeat. See how it is doing. Now, when it comes to the church, there's something very, very important that all of us need to recognize. Missions is the heartbeat of the body of Christ. Missions is the heartbeat of the body of Christ. The Bible refers to the church so many times as a body. It tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27, it says, now you are the body of Christ, and each of you is a part of it. And the Bible explains how this body is made up of many different members who have many different functions, and it emphasizes that every part has a vital role to play for the good of the whole. And all of those parts are put together, they're directed and coordinated by the head, which according to Colossians chapter 1 verse 18, is Jesus Christ. Referring to him, in that passage it says, he is the head of the body, the church. Now, you could look around you today, if you're seated here in this building, or if you're at home, you could look around and see what you can see through the camera, and see perhaps some other members of this local church. But even as you look around and see everyone that you can see in the church, you're not seeing all of the other members of the body. The West Heights Community Church is just one important part of a larger body of believers. Your church is a vital part of the Be in Christ Church of Canada, which includes approximately 70 other local congregations. Then, the Be in Christ Church of Canada is a vital part of an even larger international body of BIC churches that gather together on a Sunday like this in over 30 countries of the world. And you know, if we could even consider all that God is doing through all of those different congregations and Christians, we we still, if we could see all of that, would not be seeing all that God is doing through his body. Because uh, we, would, we would still sort of have some tunnel vision. Because the body over which Jesus is head, the global church of Jesus Christ, easily includes more than two billion believers who meet in so many different churches, in so many different countries, representing so many different denominations around the world. And that, when we get a glimpse of that, we're starting to see the results of Jesus' mission and his commission. In Luke chapter 19, verse 10, referring to himself, Jesus revealed his mission, saying, the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. And then in the Great Commission, he told his disciples, go and make disciples of all nations. And then he explained, and we read it in Acts chapter 1, verse 18, and Pastor Josh referred to this passage last week, he said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jesus' heart beat for mission 
So it is no surprise that the heartbeat of his body, the church, is for missions as well. So today, in a figurative and yet fascinating fashion, I would like to take this stethoscope, and I would like to put it on, and uh, just see if I can listen to the heartbeat of the church. I don't know if it would come through the podium, but if I lean down to the podium, and I would like to try to the listen to the heartbeat of the church. So if you could be quiet a little bit and see if we can hear it. I detect a heartbeat. The church is alive, that's, that's good news. And what do we hear? I hear a heartbeat that's beating with missions history. And I hear a heartbeat that's beating with love for the lost. I hear it beating to strengthen other churches, and I hear it beating with compassion. You know, I guess it's no surprise that we hear those kinds of heartbeats when we listen to the heartbeat of the church, because we know that missions is the heartbeat of the body of Christ. And first off, as we listen to the heart of the Be in Christ Church, we discover that our church's heart beats with missions history. The BIC Church was one of the first denominations birthed in North America that continues alive and well to today. You see, when people moved to the Americas from Europe, they brought their faith traditions with them from their homelands, and so there were people who came and formed Roman Catholic churches, Baptist churches, Lutheran churches, Anglicans, Methodists, and Mennonites. However, there were a group of believers who were meeting together near the Susquehanna River in Pennsylvania, and they were seeking God with all of their hearts, and they went to ministers of several other faith denominations wanting to be baptized, but they couldn't find anyone who was willing to baptize them. And so they baptized one another, and the people in that area began to recognize their group, calling them the River Brethren. And by 1778, members of the River Brethren moved to Upper Canada, and they brought their faith with them. And life was very difficult in those early years as pioneers just working hard to stay alive. And so for the first hundred years or so of their existence, missions happened primarily by migration. When groups of River Brethren headed north to Canada or headed west to the western parts of the United States or the western parts of Canada... The church's focus during our first century in North America was more on sharing God's love with our neighbor than sharing God's love with the nations. But by the end of the 1800s, that was changing. Some members of the church felt that our church's heartbeat should beat more strongly for missions, taking God's love to other countries. And one of the more articulate advocates for mission engagement at that time was a young lady by the name of Rhoda Lee. In our church's general conference in the year 1894, she stood to her feet and she spoke with passion to the delegates about the need to refresh God's vision for mission. And she concluded talking to those delegates more than 100 years ago saying, I hope that someday we will establish a fund for missions and that we will organize ourselves so that it fills. The work of the Lord requires attention and action. May God speed the day when I hear we are sending an ambassador to serve among the pagans. After her speech, a brother who was present in the meeting, he stood to his feet and went to the front, and he put a $5 bill on the table to start a missions fund. 
And Rhoda Lee, seeing the opportunity that was presenting itself, she grabbed a hat and she passed the hat around the room and even more money was collected. And so the church's heartbeat for missions was accelerated and by 1897 we had sent our first missionaries to southern Rhodesia in Africa, which is now Zimbabwe. And the location of the second largest or one of the largest BIC churches in the world we sent at that time a married couple, Jesse and Elizabeth Engel, along with three single ladies, Francis Davidson, Alice Heisey, and Barbara Hershey. Less than three years later, in March of 1900, Jesse Engel became very sick with malaria. His whole body ached, his condition was worsening, and medical help was too far away to secure. And so in early April, his wife, Elizabeth, kissed his cheek seven times as he died. One kiss for each of the children that they had left behind in the United States. They didn't have any wood to make a coffin, and so they took some of the doors off of their home and made a box to bury him. So there they were, just three years into the global mission work, and the leader of the BIC missionary team had died. And you might think that that would have been enough to make us lose heart and to call it quits as a church, but it didn't because missions is the heartbeat of the body of Christ. The heart of the BIC church beats with mission history. And in spite of the high cost and the losses suffered along the way, we have persevered following Jesus in mission. And now BIC churches are established in more than 30 countries of the world. And here in Canada, we have organized ourselves for mission through an organization called BIC Canada Global. And BIC Canada Global has three part-time employees, including Todd Lester, who is your previous pastor, who is the director of our global programs, Charmaine Stulp, who is our administrative assistant, and myself. And that mission structure is funded through the shared giving of local BIC churches like West Heights. And so every year when your local church meets and you establish your annual budget, approximately 10% of your budget is designated to fund what we do together as a denomination, which includes just about enough funding to cover all of the operational expenses of Big Canada Global. And so that means, thanks to the generosity of your church family and other churches like West Heights, all of the giving that is given through Big Canada Global for special missions projects it all goes to those projects without the need to deduct any administration fees from them. So, for example, a few years ago, during your Greater Things Building campaign here at West Heights, you not only raised enough money to do the wonderful additions and renovations that you made to your facilities, at the same time you decided to designate a portion of what you raised, raised to help with the construction of the Nicaraguan BIC National Church Center, which is pictured here completed if we can pull up the pictures. The $30,000 that you raised for that was sent entirely for the project. None of the money had to be kept behind, not 1% or 2% or 10% in order to cover administration's costs because those costs are all covered through our shared giving. It's something that happens behind the scenes through your regular giving. And so as you listen in to the heartbeat of the church, it's good to remember that this is something that's happening all the time, week in and week out, month after month and year after year. Your regular offerings through your local church 
provide the money that is needed to support the structure that helps us to partner effectively and legally in mission internationally. And just about everything else that I share with you this morning, we are able to do together as a church family in Canada because a church like yours is helping to fund the structure that's in place that helps to make that happen. So when we pick up a stethoscope and we listen into the heart of the Be In Christ Church, we discover it beats strongly with missions history. We can also detect as we listen into the heartbeat of the church that our church's heart beats with a desire to see the salvation of those who are lost, to those who are without Christ. I mean, Jesus' heart, we know, beat with that desire to seek and to save the lost, and so our heart does as well. And that is evidenced by the many different ways that we partner with evangelism and church planting across different cultures. Just this last week, I received a message with some pictures from Herman Garcia, who started a new church in a poor barrio in the city of Managua, and the barrio is called El Granada. Big Canada Global helps send short-term missions teams, and your church has had a number of mission teams go out with us through Big Canada Global. And back in 2015, your congregation sent a team to Nicaragua to help with the construction of the National Ministry Center. And while the team was there, we traveled around to quite a few different churches and did children's programs. And the very last children's program was held in El Granada. We had no place to meet other than on the street. It was a dirt, dead-end road, and Melanie Wig was there and was leading the singing. And we had the children all gathered together. Uh, Thomas, I think, was there as well, maybe helping with child control, and Carl Cover, and there were others uh, helping out uh, to keep the kids together as we had singing, we had a Bible story, and we had some games. I remember some of those kids were really rough. I couldn't get over how some of them would punch each other, and we had to intervene and uh, keep the kids apart. And uh, it was an a, a amazing experience, and especially now as we look back. During that event, the pastor, Herman Garcia, his wife was out walking around, and she had a paper and a pen, and she was talking to the mothers who had come out of their homes because their children all came out and wanted to participate in what was happening. And there was one lady on that street who had been opposing the church, the new church starting in their area. And so when West Heights showed up and there was these people from Canada and there was music and there were games, this lady allowed her children to go out to meet with us in the street. And eventually the mother came out curious to see what was happening and the pastor's wife, Nora, was able to talk with her. Her heart softened and instead of opposing the church planting, the new church, she began to support it. And so Herman, the pastor of this church, says, God used West Heights to help open that door. And on Wednesday of this past week, Herman sent me some new pictures. Uh, this is one of the pictures you're going to see shortly. It's a new picture of their church now, and they just had a service celebrating how God had led people to help them start their congregation, and they had a service of celebration and thanks, uh, giving thanks to God for you, for the part that you had to play in seeing their church become established. And that's just one example of so many. The Be In Christ Church in Canada has just recently, in, in the last few years, formalized a relationship with 15 local Haitian congregations. These are congregations that two Canadian Be In Christ churches had a relationship with over a good number of years. And so we've now formalized that relationship, and they are the BIC Church of Haiti. 
And the church in Haiti is just so passionate about evangelism. And uh, we're working to partner individuals and churches here in Canada with the churches in Haiti that will allow them to hold evangelistic outreaches, to give new Bibles to believers, and to help with church planting. Moving over to Cuba, the Cuban church. Uh, During COVID, sometimes we thought things have just kind of had to settle down, but the president of the BIC church in Cuba tells me that there is explosive growth in Cuba. And several years ago, as I was in Cuba, I spent a week traveling with them across the length and breadth of the island, having meetings with members from the over 100 different BIC churches. And as we met afterwards and kind of thought about how things went and debriefed from our time with the congregations, we realized that there were still three provinces or territories on the island of Cuba that did not have any BIC churches in them. And so we came up with a three-year church planting plan to reach the provinces of Ciego de Avila, Sancti Spiritus, and the Island of Youth. Some ladies from the Port Colburn BIC church partnered to help start churches in Ciego de Avila. Another BIC church, the Sobel Beach Christian Fellowship, partnered to help start churches in Sancti Spiritus. And another BIC church, the Blue Water Christian Fellowship from Kincardin, partnered to help start churches on the Island of Youth. Two of those initiatives worked marvelously, but the third did not. The effort to try to start churches on the island of youth. That island is located 50 kilometers off of the mainland. It has a population of about 80,000 people. The cost of rentals on the island is very high. And the place where the Cuban missionaries who were sent to the island were living was deteriorating and chunks of concrete kept falling from the ceiling. I think some of the sea air, the the salt, moisture, whatever was seemed, they, they thought was deteriorating the concrete, separating it from the steel rebar, and chunks of concrete were falling. And so they were trying to be careful to place the bed that they slept in under areas that didn't look like the concrete would fall. And they were having church gatherings in their home. And eventually it was decided it was too dangerous for them to stay. And other housing or other locations were not found where they could meet. And so the whole project was put on pause. The missionaries were a husband and wife who had been sent from the mainland in Cuba out to the island, so they returned back to the mainland over toward Havana. Then the pandemic started, and the missionary's wife contracted COVID, and she ended up dying. And so it's been a significant setback, but the heart of the BIC Church in Cuba and of the Be in Christ Church of Canada still beats for missions, still beats for the lost. And a little delegation of national church leaders is now planning to go soon back to the island of youth to scout out what would be a much better location for us to start using as a base of operations to plant churches throughout the island. And they're going to try to find a property that would be available for 10 to 15,000 US dollars. And although we've only raised $2,000 so far, I know there's good enthusiasm for the effort. And I believe very shortly God's going to supply everything that's needed and more for the BIC Church in Cuba to take the gospel uh, to the island of youth in partnership with us here in Canada. In Cuba, we're also partnering with a baseball ministry that's called Advancing the Kingdom, which uses baseball as a tool to get young men together for Bible study and for discipleship and to enjoy playing sports. They meet every Tuesday night at 7 o'clock, and a lot of them have come to faith as a result. Baseball is a big thing in Cuba. It's, it's, it's more popular than soccer, And so there are lots of people that want to play baseball. The church is able to organize that. These young guys come together. They form teams. They're not all believers, but they're willing to come. They get training. 
in baseball, and then on Tuesday nights they have Bible study and then the opportunity to be introduced to Christ. I got a little picture of some of the young men that are on the team. And two months ago, I found out they were down to their last bat. They use wooden bats. Wooden bats are required for their competitions, but wooden bats tend to break. So they had one bat left, and they weren't sure if they were going to be able to continue. But thanks to a $500 contribution that we received toward this project, Advancing God's Kingdom Through Baseball, we were able to help purchase a number of bats and balls. And the team has been able to continue playing in a championship. They've done very well. Yesterday, I received a message this morning. Yesterday, they won 8-2. to two. Go team. Through a partnership with the Pathway BIC Church right here in Kitchener, uh, we're working to strengthen existing churches and plant new churches in a remote area of Nicaragua that's close to the border with Honduras. And that region includes members of the Miskito tribe. It's a distinct language and culture group. And there are three small BIC churches already in that area. And they have some members of people from the Miskito tribe that are a part of their churches. And they're able to share the gospel and to teach the Bible in the Miskito language, which is amazing. And it's exciting for all of us to be a part of this as we partner through evangelism and church planting. And it's your regular offerings through your church that put the structure in place that allow for that to happen. Missions is the heartbeat of the church. When we listen to that heartbeat, we hear it beat with missions history. We hear it beat with a love for the lost. And we also hear it beat to strengthen churches in other places. As you read in the Bible and you're introduced to some great missionary like the Apostle Paul, he traveled around and he was starting churches in all these different places, but it's fascinating to read that he didn't just go and keep starting new things, he would also go back and strengthen the churches afterwards. In Acts 15, verses 40 to 41, it says, Paul chose Silas and left, commended by the believers to the grace of the Lord, and he went out through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. So through your partnership and the partnership of other individuals and other churches, BIC Canada Global is able to actively strengthen other churches. For example, the church where I am now serving as pastor at Waynefleet, for over 20 years, they've partnered in providing a scholarship for students to attend the Evangelical Seminary in Zambia. Last year, we celebrated the graduation of Bistoni Siadibi, who's now pastoring a BIC church at a place called Indola, Zambia. And we've started sponsoring a new student who is called Kissinger Hajila. And this is a picture of Kissinger visiting with one of the elderly men in the community. And uh, Kissinger, he sends greetings to the church in Canada, giving thanks for his sponsorship. And he says, I see the hand of God in this. The church in Canada is giving me the opportunity to prepare for ministry at the very best school in Zambia. It's four years of full-time studies, and when I finish, I'll work full-time as a pastor in a BIC church in Zambia. Keep on doing what you're doing, working to strengthen the church through leadership training. The bishop of the BIC church in Cuba has told me, as I mentioned this year, they're experiencing explosive growth, and as a denomination in Canada, we're partnering with them in leadership training, specifically in helping to train missionaries and church planters. During the early part of COVID, they had a training school for missionaries, and because of the restrictions that became, they were imposed on the weekend when they had already started meeting together, they didn't have a way to get home. 
and so a number of the students had to walk 12 hours home, sorry, 12 kilometers home, maybe it took them 12 hours, I don't know. They had to walk 12 kilometers home pulling their suitcases, and I got a picture of them. They got big smiles under their masks, or big smiles above their masks. They took the mask down for their picture and have a suitcase, a number of suitcases in tow. Speaking of transportation, that's another way that we help strengthen the ministry of churches. And in Cuba, transportation is difficult everywhere. And in the province where the Port Colborne BIC Church helped to start congregations, the lead pastor, he's always borrowing a horse or a team of oxen or a bicycle to go out or to take people out to evangelize. His name is Pastor Angel. And he sends pictures like this one that came with the caption, here I am on a borrowed pony going out on mission. And he says, we keep working, starting new mission outreaches. There's much revival and people are waking up to the faith. The work is hard because the distances going from one pueblo to another. Our bicycles need new rubber tires and we can't buy them. Remember the need for a horse and cart mentioned to you before the pandemic. We could really use it. And now, thanks to a special offering to that project, just last week, Big Canada Global was able to send $1,200 Canadian to purchase a horse and cart to help strengthen the church in Ciego de Avila. Sometimes strengthening the church means helping to provide or to improve facilities for churches to meet and for pastors to live. And we did that when we helped to build the BIC National Training Center in Nicaragua with your partnership. And we're continuing to strengthen churches by helping them construct church facilities. And we're just right now in the midst of sending $6,000 uh, this week to help finish with the construction of a church facility in New Guinea. The money has been sent. It just needs to be picked up. And the people in Western Union in Nicaragua are giving them a little bit of trouble asking for more documentation. And so we're trying to send down the documents they need so that they can withdraw the $6,000. This is a picture of the church as it's been constructed so far by members of their church, and they anticipate being able to finish it with the support that comes from Canada. And the church there is just over the moon excited, and they've written, thank you to our friends who have supported this. We hope you can come and visit us and see what we are doing in the name of the Lord, and we are praying for you all. As we listen into the heartbeat of the body of Christ, what do we hear? We hear the heart of the church beat with mission's history. We hear it beat with love for the lost. We hear it beat to strengthen other churches. And finally, we hear our church's heart beat with compassion. It's the heartbeat of the body of Christ. Jesus was frequently moved by compassion, and he helped meet people's needs, helping to feed the hungry and to heal the sick. And we, as the Be in Christ Church of Canada, we've created a special fund called the Global Relief Fund, which we use to help when churches that we partner with are going through crises caused by natural disasters, unrest, or economic upheaval. And we've been able to use money from the fund as it's become available to respond to crises caused by tropical storms in Nicaragua, hurricanes in Cuba, and flooding in India. And for the last number of years, there's been hyperinflation in Venezuela, making it really hard for the pastors who are living there. There are six BIC pastors, and so using money from the Global Relief Fund, we have been able to send some support as a gesture of love and solidarity to them. I want you to see a little picture of a pastor's home now in Haiti, and this is a picture of a pastor's home that was damaged during an earthquake, and it's being repaired right now with money that was raised through the Global Relief Fund. 
It's in an area that's difficult to access, and the leader of the church in Hades told me he wants to get updated pictures, but there are two rivers you have to cross through. There are no bridges, and they've been flooded because of heavy rains. So once the rains subside and the rivers go down, he'll cross the river and get some updated pictures of the progress that's taken place on that building. As our hearts beat with compassion, we do give money to relief, but we don't only give to relief. We also give toward more sustainable development. And so there's, this is a new and an exciting trend that I'm seeing happen through Big Canada Global partnering in projects of self-support. These are not funded through the Global Relief Fund, but by individuals and churches who want to partner in this way specifically, uh, where money can be sent to provide employment and to generate more income to meet more needs long term. And so presently we have a honey project with bees and beehives in Cuba, and the pastor who has experience working with bees, who's pictured here, Jose Ernesto, he manages the project and he's reported that since adding 10 new beehives with money from Big Canada Global donors, he's harvested an extra 150 bottles of honey. He gave 50 of those bottles to other pastors. He sold 20 of them to be able to get money to pay for a lunch for all of the BIC pastors in his region. We also have a chicken project that's underway in Zambia that is helping to support a new pastor and his family. And this year, in 2022, we've begun funding a project of self-support in Haiti. And in this picture, uh, you'll be able to see a lady who's being interviewed, and she's applying to receive a loan and training on how to operate a small business. And 11 people like her have received loans in this last month and are using the money to start to provide income for themselves by operating small businesses and what they pay back with interest provide some income for the church to better support their pastor and programs, and it makes money available that can be loaned to other people in the future. We have also been moved by compassion to establish a special project to help make improvements to pastors' homes in Nicaragua. We've helped fix up two homes in the last couple of years, and we're almost ready to send money to help Pastor Judith and her husband and 14-year-old son put a second story on their home because right now they're all living in one room in a home that is three and a half meters by six meters. Can you convert that to feet and tell me how many square feet that is? Three and a half meters by six meters. When I asked Siri, she told me that's a 225 foot square home. So that's a tiny home, which is all the rage, but for them, I'm sure their son will be very happy, their 14 year old son will be happy to get his own room on the second floor and not have to sleep in the same room with mom and dad. In Nepal, Big Canada has this child sponsorship program called the Peace Project, and this project aims to help 100 children in rural Nepal attend school and receive extra support with school supplies, uniform, tutoring, nutrition, spiritual mentoring. And we're able to do this as people like you and congregations like yours sponsor children for $39 a month. And a similar project is being funded by the Sobel Christian Fellowship for 20 children who are orphans in Haiti, and they give $5,000 a year to that. And so you see, if you could pull out your stethoscope and if you could listen to the heart of the church, you'd hear it beat. You'd hear it beat for missions. And that's because missions is the heartbeat of the body of Christ. It beats with missions history. It beats with a strong desire for the salvation of the lost. It beats to strengthen churches in other places. And it beats with compassion. Now, does anyone else have a stethoscope with them this morning? 
probably. No one else brought a stethoscope, and so it's a little hard to listen to your heart. And so if you want to check your heart and you don't have a stethoscope in your pocket, what can you do? You know, can you just take your own pulse? With you, put your, don't use your thumb, apparently, but use your fingers and put them on your wrist, and you should be able to take your own pulse, check your own heartbeat. You are a member of the body of Christ. Your church's heart beats with mission history. I know that. I've been a part of it. But how is it beating for the lost? How is it beating, uh, looking outward to strengthen other churches? How is it beating with compassion? I realize that sometimes heartbeats can get a little bit off, and for a variety of reasons, a heart can become, the heartbeat can become a little bit slow or, or irregular. And when that happens, we need a pacemaker that can send electrical signals to the heart to correct the beat. And so as you take your pulse and take the pulse of your church, if you think the beat is off a little bit, if you detect that the heart isn't beating strong for missions, then let Jesus be your pacemaker. Let him send signals to your heart to correct the beat. If Jesus is your pacemaker, how do you think your heartbeat might change? What is the Holy Spirit prompting you and the West Heights congregation to do in order to carry out the mission that is on his heart? I encourage you, pray about it together. Brainstorm about it. Talk about it together. Continue to invite Big Canada Global into the conversation. You are an integral part of God's plan to carry out his mission on earth. You are the body of Christ, and missions is the heartbeat of the body of Christ. I would like to encourage you to dig in a little bit more to find out what God is doing through the Be In Christ Church of Canada by encouraging you to visit our webpage, which was www.beinchrist.ca. You can follow us on Facebook at Bic Canada Global, or you can follow us on Instagram, again, at Bic Canada Global. And those are ways for you to keep tuned in uh, to what your church, your wider church family is doing in Mission uh, and remember that your giving, your, your regular giving, helps to make all of that happen. So I'd like to conclude in a prayer and ask God to guide you, to guide me, to guide us together as we seek to follow Jesus and do his will. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you in prayer today, and we want to invite Jesus to be our pacemaker. Lord, you know the passion that you have for mission. And we pray that that would transfer through your body, through us, uh, each one of us, and as we partner together as a denomination in Canada, that we would be able to work together and organize ourselves uh, to share your love locally and globally. Bless this congregation. Please provide for their needs. Please guide them as they steward their human resources and their financial resources and all of their time and talents. And that this church would be able to shine for you here in KW, and then far beyond out into other parts of the world. Thank you for the work that you've accomplished in them and through them in the past, and for what you have in store for them in the future. Grant them courage, fill them with faith, and help them to be able to move forward with enthusiasm and in unity. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.